helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Welcome to the Life Transformation Show. I'm your co-host, Denise Hart, and today we have a captivating topic to delve into. Moses, how to become a successful leader. Drawing inspiration from the biblical passage in Exodus 17, 8 to 13. In this episode, Michael Hart will explore the timeless wisdom found in Exodus 17, 8 to 13 and uncover key principles that can guide individuals on their journey to becoming exceptional leaders. So the passage recounts the story of Moses leading the Israelites in a battle against the Amalekites. As the battle ensued, Moses climbed to the top of a hill, raising his staff in his hands. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever his hands grew tired and began to droop, the Amalekites gained the upper hand. Without further ado, let us welcome my co-host, Michael Hart, who has usual will uncover fascinating insights from the text in ways that we may not have seen before. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, Denise. It is so good to be in studio today to do another show. I just love to do these biblical topics and to look at them in practical ways that help us in business, help us in our relationship, or even with our mental health. And so today we're going to be taking a business look as we look at how to become a successful leader using this story found in Exodus 17, 8 to 13. And I can't wait to get into the points. I have seven points to cover here about business principles, about leadership, that you're going to see that it's a very unique take on this biblical passage. So, Michael, as I read the passage over again today, looking for leadership insights, I was not able to see more than one or two leadership principles in this passage. So, however, You say there are at least seven valuable leadership principles found in this passage. So let's get right into it then. What is the first principle? Well, I think the first principle I see in this passage is initiative and creativity. And when we read the story, we see that God did not tell Moses to go and stand on top of the hill with the staff in his hand. The previous passage tells us that God instructed Moses to strike the rock to bring forth water. And this is in a previous incident before this war with the Amalekites. And Moses struck the rock and water came from the rock. And now after that, these people or the Israelites are being are being attacked by the Amalekites. And Moses said, I will go to the top of the hill and I will hold up the staff in my hand towards heaven. And so Moses took this of his own initiative. He wasn't instructed by God to do this. Moses did this out of previous experiences he had where God 
came through in powerful ways for the Israelites. So Moses is drawing on past experiences in order to be creative. And Moses is taking the initiative as he tried to figure out how can I help in this battle. No, he's not the warrior that is going to go and use the sword to fight. He's not even the military leader that can strategize, but there is something that he can do. And he got creative with the experiences that he has had with the rod and, and, and the experiences he has had with God. And he says, I am going to stand on the hill with the staff in my hands raised towards heaven. And as the story unfold, we see that this creative act was actually very pivotal to the success of the Israelites because the Bible tells us that when his hands would droop, the Israelites would be losing. And when his hands was raised to heaven, he was successful. So this creative act that in some ways doesn't make sense in the natural realm, in some ways doesn't seem to be contributing to the battle, nevertheless turned out to be a key factor in the success that the Israelites had. So I'm talking to someone here today that you may be a leader and you are stuck in your endeavor to be successful. What I want to say to you today is take initiative, become creative, look at the experiences you have had and see how you can use that experience to help to propel your business to the next level. This was what Moses did. And let me say that as Christians, we serve a creative God, a God who created everything in existence out of his word, out of his imagination, out of his mind. And so as Christians, we can tap into that creative power. And let us realize that there is no limit to creativity. There are ideas that is going to turn this world Take this world to the next level in terms of production, in terms of technology that has not been thought about as yet. So don't limit yourself to what you see, your business principles that are going to shape the future that no one has thought about as yet. So don't feel that there is a limit to creativity. Ask God to help you to use your experiences and the the wisdom that you have to come up with creative idea. Don't get stuck in just doing what everyone else is doing around you. There are new ways that have not been invented or thought about as yet that you can tap into if you tap into your creative power that God has given you. This is what Moses did. No one had done that before, but Moses came up with this idea that I can motivate my people if I stand on top of the hill with this rod that God has given me that has brought about success in many other conflicts or trials that we were faced with as a people before. Well, Michael, I've never noticed before that it wasn't God who told Moses to go and stand on the hill with the rod raised. 
But it was Moses who took the initiative based on experiences he has had before. I guess what I hear you you're saying from this is that great leaders are able to learn from past experiences and use Absolutely. their experiences in creative ways to become successful. Absolutely. Well, that's very interesting. Well, let's go on to the next point. What else do you see in this story that are necessary in order to become a great leader or a successful leader? The second point is humility. Moses was very humble. People in leadership are sometimes too proud to seek for help, to admit that they can't do a task. So Moses realized that he had this creative idea. He had to stand on top of the hill with the staff in his hand. But he realized very quickly that if this battle lasts, my hands are going to become weary. My feet are going to become tired. And I may need people around me to prop me up. So he was humble. He asks for help. There are some leaders who are too proud to ask for help. Don't fall into that trap. There are some people who are observing you as leaders and they can see that figuratively your hands are drooping. They can see that your legs are tired and they're asking you for, they're asking to help and to, 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 volunteer their time or to take over some of the responsibility. But as a leader, you may be too proud to say, yes, you are right. My hands are drooping. Sometimes everyone else around the leader can see that they have lost a step. Everyone else can see that their hands are drooping and that they're, they, they're, they're get, they have weary legs. But the leader might be too proud to admit that this is the case. Moses was not too proud to accept the fact that he was weary, that he was growing weak. As a matter of fact, he anticipated it and he planned for it by taking Aaron and, and her on top of the hill with him. So he was very humble in what he did. And as a leader, humility is a very important factor. Psychological research tells us that humble leaders create a a psychologically safe environment where team members feel comfortable expressing their ideas and concerns. There are some of you as leaders who people are trying to come alongside you, who are trying to say, let me help with your hands. Let me get something for you to sit on because we can see that you are weary. But the pride, your pride as a leader may not be allowing you to accept this help or even to ask for help. Humility is also very important in relationship building. Building. Research tells us that when leaders display humility, it promotes a sense of authenticity and sincerity and builds rapport with 
team member. If you pretend to be the superhero who can do all things and who have no weaknesses, then it's going to make it hard for others to build rapport with you because they cannot identify with that. They, your, your team members know their weaknesses. They know their, their limitations. And so if you as a leader open up and become, be, 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 become humble, and become authentic. This will enhance the, the quality of the team that you are leading. We also see the humility of Moses in what he did after the battle. When the battle was finished, Moses could have said, what a great leader I am. Let them build a statue to me in honor of this great victory that happened because I held up my hand. But no, that was not what Moses did. What Moses did is that he created a banner that says, the Lord is our banner. He was not trying to take the success for himself. And that's a mistake that some of us make as leaders. When we are successful, we do not congratulate our team members or give the, the give the glory to the Lord. Praise the Lord for the success. What we try to do is to say, do you see how great a leader I am? There should be a dinner in my honor. There should be some kind of plaque that is made to celebrate my greatness. But what Moses did in his humility is that he created a banner that says, the Lord is our banner. So what you have just said makes a lot of sense. Uh, I'm sure uh, the Lord rewards those um, who are humble and blesses them who are humble. However, there is a general notion that a leader has to give off the attitude that they know it, know it all, you know, and is above everyone else in order to be respected. I guess what you have just explained is that humility doesn't have to be seen as a weakness. So one thing I see here in this passage is the social support that Moses had from Aaron and her. Can you speak more about this? And is this one of your seven um, points? Yes, that's a good point, Dennis, because we realize as we read this story that this is a team effort. Like Moses is not doing this alone. He's doing it with the support of Aaron and her and others who are involved in the battle. And Joshua, who is the military leader. So there is social support, though, in the sense that Aaron and her, they're not fighting in the battle per se. What they're doing is that they're just offering support to Moses. And social support is broadly defined, broadly defined refers to resources, assistance, comfort provided by others in times of need. And psychological research consistently shows the positive impact of social support. For example, one research shows that social support acts as a buffer against stress and that social support helps individuals to cope with challenging situations. Another research shows that social support, including emotional support, provides individuals with comfort, validation, and reassurance during difficult times. 
time. So I can just imagine Moses on the hill, not being alone, but being supported by Aaron and her, that this gave him the reassurance that he has people around him that he can depend on in this difficult time while he's growing weary. He's not dealing with his weariness alone. Other research shows that social support can enhance individuals' ability to cope effectively with adversity. So Moses, by having this social support, may have been encouraged to continue to hold up his hands, to play his part in the battle. And as a result, they were, the Israelites were successful. But even more importantly, we are told that social support, as a matter of fact, research tells us that social support fosters a sense of belonging and connectiveness. So the Israelites in this battle, the social support that has been provided is making them a cohesive unit operating as one. And so when there is social support in an organization in whatever form, if it be mental health resources for your employees or seminars that you have to support your employees or just being a support for each other, it's going to impact in a positive way the cohesiveness of the organization and make the organization as a unit stronger and better. I guess when God observed and commented in Genesis that it was not good for man to be alone, it is also a principle that applies to business as well. From this story, we clearly see that Moses could not have been successful without the social support of those who came alongside him when he became weary. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show, where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services has been using the scripture from Exodus 17, 8 to 13 to speak on the topic, Moses, how to be Become a successful leader. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com or by calling 1-877-204-2914, where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. Back to Michael. Okay, let's move on. What's the next important principle for leadership that you see in this passage? I also see spiritual connectiveness because that act of the symbol raised towards heaven is symbolic is in that it is saying we are depending on a force on 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 a on a force that's bigger and, and stronger than we could ever be as a nation and that source is God. And I think as leaders if your ability is limited limited to the natural realm, then you're limiting your potential. I think it's important for businesses to have spiritual connectedness, to realize that you're connected to the to the to the creator of the of the universe, that you're connected to one who is 
ultimate in wisdom and knowledge. And Moses had this connectiveness with God. In Philippians 4 verse 19, we read that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And when you are connected with God, there is no limit to what you can do. Research tells us that people who have connectedness with God or spiritual connectedness, when they are faced with difficult situations, they continue to have hope and optimism. So the Israelites, despite being faced with the are an, an army that was powerful and bigger than themselves did not lose hope because they had this spiritual connectedness with God. And your organization, when it goes through difficult times, if everyone in that organization or if you as a leader doesn't have that connection, that spiritual connectedness that you can draw on, you as a leader could fall apart very quickly and the organization with you. Oh, Michael, in other shows such as The Transforming Power of Faith, you talked about the importance of faith. If you missed that show, I would suggest that you listen to it because it builds on what you have just explained. Okay, what's your next point? The next point is unity and teamwork. And I think this is a very important point for us to cover. Hold on, hold on a minute, Michael. <laughs> Earlier on in this show, you talked about the importance of social support using the example of Erin and Er. Now you are using the same example to talk about unity and teamwork. Some of the listeners may be wondering, what's the difference here between these two points? Can you explain? That's a very good observation, Dennis, because when we talk about social support, we're talking about something here that's a little different than, than unity and teamwork. Social support might occur outside of the organization itself. And so I mentioned mentioned things like mental health support and seminars for employees and so forth. But when I talk about unity and teamwork, I am zeroing in on more on the, the people within the organizations themselves and saying that there need to be this sense of unity and cohesiveness among team members. So there need to be unity and teamwork. And when we talk about teamwork, it's, it's important to realize that you can have teamwork without unity. You can have a, a team of employees w working on the same thing, but competing with each other in such a way that it's not productive. Can you imagine if Aaron and her were, were competing to see who can hold Moses' hand up the highest or trying to sabotage each other so that one of them would get the praise for holding up his hand. You can just imagine the spectacle that might have been taking place on top of the hill. And sometimes you have spectacles like that happening in you, in organization where there's a lot of teamwork going on, but there is no unity. And so it's important not just to have a team 
team, but to make sure that there is unity within your organization. And I think that Moses, as the leader, is, is very strategic in how he's asking the team members to operate. And we'll talk more in another point, more about some of the strategies that Moses is using. But in this story, we see unity and teamwork. Everyone has a specific task that they're doing. Joshua is fighting the battle. Moses is on top of the hill. Her and Aaron are holding his hands up. And then you have the, the, the warriors who are, who are fighting the, the Amalekites. And so that to me is an example, a perfect example of unity and teamwork. No one is trying to usurp the other's authority. Research tells us that Unity and teamwork is very important. The, what the research found is that when team members collaborated and shared information effectively, they were more likely to achieve their goals and make better decisions. So unity and teamwork is very important. Ecclesiastic chapter 4 verse 9 to 12 tells us that two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Well, what jumps out at me as you were explaining the importance of unity and teamwork, many of us know it is possible to be on the same team, but not be united. You know that person on the team that may want to take all the glory or that person on the choir who wants to outsing everyone else so it spoils the harmony. <laughs> okay, what's we, the next leadership? We won't leader? call any names. We won't call any names. <laughs> for right? sure, for sure. What's the next leadership principle that you see here in this passage? Well, the next leadership principle that I see here is delegation and trust. So we read that Aaron and her held Moses' hand up, one on either side. So they both were delegated different sides on which to, to work. And so we're also told that Joshua overcame the Amalekites' army with the sword. So that to me shows that Moses is delegating different responsibilities to different uh, people within, within his is unit or, or within his nation. And so it is as a result of this delegation that he was successful. We're told that in organization where there is clear delegation of task, that there is a higher level of job satisfaction among team members and that even the leaders themselves become less stressed and more creative. So this principle of delegation is very important to the success of the organization. Research also has shown that trust within a team positively impacts cooperation, communication, and task performances. That's so true, Michael. Delegation is a very important aspect in any business, because if you don't, then you might just get burnt out. That's such a, a common thing that happened today, where people, leaders tend to take on too much. And as you said, rightfully said, Dennis, they burn themselves out. So what's the seventh and final point? The seventh and final point is persistence and perseverance. So we have this picture of Moses on the hill. He's tired and he's weary, but he's still continuing to stand there from morning 
morning until evening. We, we are also told that the, the, the battle takes different turns of, from looking like they're going to be successful to looking like they're going to be defeated, but he continues. The mistake that a lot of us as business leaders make is that when the, the, the business take a downturn, we tend to become pessimistic and we give up. But if you're going to be successful, it's very important for you to persevere and for you to be persistent. And I'm not talking about persisting in something that that's a foolish idea. I'm talking about something that you know there is value in, you have done your research, and you have a good idea that this can be successful. If it doesn't work at the first time, do not give up. Keep trying. So Michael, is there a modern day example of persistence and perseverance that comes to mind? The one that comes to mind is Colonel Saunders, the founder of Kentucky Fried Chicken. We are told that he was turned down a thousand times before he got someone who would partner with him with the recipe that he created. And we are told that at times he he became so financially destitute that he had to be sleeping in his car while he was being rejected. But today we have a worldwide, worldwide success of the Kentucky Fried Chicken brand. And to me, that's an idea, uh, that's an example of persistence. Those are awesome tips, Michael. And I hope any listener who are leaders or uh, becoming want to become leaders will get some great points from what uh, we just discussed. Remember, Life Transformation airs every Monday morning at 9.30. If you missed any part of today's show, you can find the episode posted on Elim Counseling Services' YouTube channel. Thank you for joining us today on the Life Transformation Show. We appreciate your continued support and look forward to bringing you more uplifting discussions in the future. Until next time, I'm your co-host, Denise Hart. And Michael Hart, praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.